Good morning. Today's Davam Babakama Lamid Test. We are with the mission on the top, very top of Lamid Test. Lamid Aleph. We have so far discussed Shorshal Hektesh, Shorshal Akum, and today Shorshal Cheresh, Cheresh Shotevikatan. Okay, so the owner of an animal, somebody who does not have Das. Well, how do you come into ownership if he doesn't have Das? But that's not a hard question. That question is easy. In other words, it could be by the Cheresh that once upon a time he did have Das. It could be by the Katan he inherited. So uh, the idea that these people who don't have das have ownership, it's not, that's, uh, that's not unusual. Now, uh, what we're going to be discussing over the course of the entirety of today's uh, daf is going to be, now, uh, how, how, is there going to be a liability? And if, in fact, there's going to be a liability, so who's going to be the responsible party? Uh, these are people that don't have das. Okay, so really simple, straightforward questions, and we begin. Um, yep, right, no, right, they have money, but they don't have das. Per- per- perfect, well stated. And so now, Shorshal Pikeach, so the Mishnah going to uh, starts us off with a uh, Shore that is owned by Pikeach. Shinagach Shorshal Cheresh, that does Nigicha to Shorshal Cheresh. So, Shot Vikatan, alternatively, Shot Vikatan. Again, Cheresh Shot Vikatan are typically are three groupings of people who do not have Das, and they are always lumped together. So, Chayev. So, at this point in time, now you're going to be Chayev. Chayev over here, regardless of whatever your level of liability is, you're Chayev Chati Nezik, you're Chayev Nezik Shalem. So in other words, you are a responsible party, you're, owner, you're an owner, uh, you have das, you're a responsible party, therefore you have liability. Okay, that part's simple. And the, uh, however, uh, but let's now go in the other direction, where I have an animal that's owned by Cheroshot Vekatan. Again, how, how did they get to ownership? There are ways in which that can happen, and now those animals do damage, and so now you're going to be Pater. So, the, um, so uh, they're going to be exempt. So um, and 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 Basin is not going to make any collections on their on their behalf. Okay, now uh, stay 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 with us as we go to as we go through the Gemara. So the Gemara is going to is going to wonder. In other words, are we going to just simply allow this situation to continue? Uh, meaning, it's it, it seems a little bit strange. It seems a little bit odd that you have animals running around that are going to be doing damages and are going to be exempt from any kind of liability. Hold, as we're going to be discussing that more. Excuse me, where are you up to? We're on Lamed Testament Alpha. We're starting at the Mishnah. In fact, the Mishnah right away, right away says that if I have a shore of Cherushot Vekatan and they do a Nagicha, so what Basin's going to do is that Basin's going to point an Apatropos. In other words, Basin's going to realize, recognize that this is an untenable position, that we just have these animals running around doing damages, and so therefore you have an Apatropos. Right? A custodian, a trustee. So the um and um if the now ha in other words remember we talked in, in, uh, at length regarding an animal graduating to becoming a a a a, a shor a shor muad and, and in order for an animal to graduate to become a shor muad so what do I need ownership I need somebody to claim ownership and responsibility for the animal. So over here, up until now, the owner has been a, an, absent, an absentee owner, right? Now, I say absentee owner, by the way, I don't mean physically, although could also mean physically as well, right? Let's say for whatever reason, the owner decided that he's abandoning and, he's, and, and he ran away to Medina Siam. Or, in other words, what we're describing right now, where ownership is he's in, he's in abstentia and mentally. In other words, the owner just simply does not have the mental ability to go ahead and take responsibility. So what Basin's going to do is the Basin's going to appoint a, 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 a trustee, a custodian over the, uh, over the estate. And now, the Huad Biva Alav. 
And now that means to say that if the animal gores once, twice, three times, and, and under the jurisdiction of the apitropus, so now the animal will successfully graduate to becoming an, a, a, a shore muad, and now increasing the liability, the level of liability, to that of a nezik shalem. Okay. Misha continues. So let's say now the person who was the owner, where the animal became a muad under uh, under this person's ownership in abstentia. So uh, based on a point in Apotropos, and, and now the animal gored once, twice, three times, the animal now become a muad, and now the owner, the owner has gained Das. Now, by a cherish, he healed. Uh, by a cotton, he grew up. Whatever the case is. So now, do we, do we hit the reset button? In other words, is now this quote unquote new ownership going to allow now the animal to reset so that the animal now becomes the tom once again? And we have to go now through the process of it going once, twice, three times in order for the animal to become a shor hamuad, machlokis tanaim. We will explore this machlokus later this morning. And for, okay, ex- excellent observation. Hold, hold the question. And now, what about the stadium shore? Okay, uh, tomorrow's daf we're going to be talking uh, more about the stadium shore. But the stadium shore, right? The English word, the Hebrew word, the word of the Mishnah, right? Sa- same, same word. So, in other words, so yeah. So, in other words, the shore was basically trained. Uh, to, to fight gladiator style. And now this animal is, at this point in time, a trained killer, killer, attacker. In other words, it's aggressive, but only because it was trained to do so. And now it goes in and it kills. So now is it Chayv Misa? Machlokis. Um, sorry, I was going to say Machlokis. So not a Machlokis. Ain Chayv Misa Shinamar. Probably what I'm thinking about is what we'll see in tomorrow's daf. But okay, anyway, I misspoke for now. Uh, for now, it's not a machlokis. Dover pasha that the animal is not going to be put to death because the only time that an animal is put to death for killing is only when it kills, quote-unquote, on its own. However, if it was trained and prompted and, and, and all, all, it, all it did was just be incited to kill, so then the animal is not put to death. We'll talk more about this in tomorrow's daf. The Gemara starts off the discussion. So now, I'm sorry. So now, let's see if we can follow the Mishnah. And the Gemara acknowledges it's really hard to follow the Mishnah because if you progress through the Mishnah, you're going to get mixed messages. Message number one of the Mishnah, and that is, is that if I have an animal that's owned by Cheroshot Vikatan and it does damage. So the, it's going to be putter. The, the, why? Because there's no owner. And what about setting up an apotropos? I don't know. It sounds from the beginning of the Mishnah that we're not going to set up an apotropos. There's no plan for setting up, uh, up an apotropos. So the Ema uh, Seifa. But then what, would we, what do we do? We go to the next ha- half of the Mishnah. And that is Shosh HaKher 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 Shosh and then you get to the second half of the Mishnah. All of a sudden, what are we doing? We're appointing an apotropos. First half of the Mishnah, there was no such design, no such plan. Second half of the Mishnah, we're setting up an apotropos in order to be govan, in order to collect. So the uh, so so the Mishnah is confusing, right? So Amarava, so Rava says no. The Mishnah is not confusing. In fact, Hachikitani. This is how we're reading the Mishnah. 
The emochs the go nikhane mami the mam bapatrapas midam lam bifnapatrapas umashvin le muwa de chihad vinagar shalame alia. Okay. So the uh Sarava's explanation of the Mishnah goes like this. Look. This animal that's owned right now by somebody who's not a responsible party. The owner of the animal is a cheru shotavikatan. Fine. And so now the owner is not responsible. However, animal's damaging. Animal's going out, the animal's damaging, and it's an untenable position. So here's what Basin's going to do. What Basin's going to do is set up an apotropus, where the apotropus now is going to become the responsible party, right? And the, uh, as such, uh, in the first half of the Mishnah, where the Mishnah says that you're going to be putter, so what does that mean? It means from the Tom standpoint, you're going to be putter. Meaning that what is Tom, the collection of Tom comes me gufo, and over here there's not going to be a collection of damages me gufo. So in other words, the animal is going to damage and damage and damage three times around, and there's not going to be any liability because that's a collection of time and that's Migufo. And again, that's not going to happen. However, says Rava, because Basin set up an apotropus, so now there is an address. There's an owner and there is a responsible party. Now I say responsible party, I don't mean for the time damages. The time damages will just simply go without any collection, but... What the apotropus now is able to do is serve now as the address so that now is the animal damage. So now that's a warning. And the Torah says, V'huad biva'alav. That when you, when you warn, you have to warn its owner. Well, up until now, the owner has been somebody without das. So that's not a, that's not a ha'ada. Ah. Once you appoint the apotropus, that's serving as a ha'ada. And now you do that once, twice, three times. Now the animal is a sure hamuad. And now the Shur Hamuad, now, when it damages as a Shur Hamuad, now comes time for collection. Okay. Which brings us now to the next question. And we're collecting from whom exactly? Okay, good. So, And so now, we are going to have a very simple Machlokas Amorayim in terms of who we're collecting from. Either we're collecting from the owner and the estate of the owner, or we're collecting from the Apotropos. I hope you're wondering at this point in time, who in the right mind would would, would sign up? Okay, good. Who in the right mind would sign up now? Hey, let me become an apotropist. Wow, in other words, such a dignified position, right? A, a position of of, of 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 power and respect, and and meanwhile, all it is is just liability. Okay. Who who would who who would want that? Okay, that that's a fair question, and 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 I hope you're thinking it. And we're going to ask it shortly enough. But meanwhile, we're saying like this. So, we are setting up an apotropist. Now, proper understanding of our Mishnah is, is that for the time damages that the animal does, where the owner is an owner in absentia, the owner does not have das. So there is no, there is no owner. There's no responsible owner. So Basin will set up an apotropist so that the animal now can graduate from becoming a tam to being a muad. And now once a muad, so now you're a chayv nezek shalem. And not only you chayv nezek shalem, but collection will occur from whom? So right now it's a machlokas between Rav Yochanan and Rav Yosef Rav Chanina. So Rav Yochanan has it right now that the collection is going to come from the Yisomim. We're going to go into the estate and we're collecting from the estate. So says Rav Yochanan. Okay, in a moment we'll come back to Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Chanina, but right now we're zooming in on Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, when when do you tap into estate 
uh, estate property and use it as as a form of collecting against any account uh, account payable. So you have now people coming after the estate. Hey, the estate owes me money. So according to Rav Yochanan, the answer is almost never. Almost never does the uh, the apotropist now open up the checkbook and say, "Oh, how much? How much does the estate owe you?" Oh, uh, please let me pay. Rav Yochanan will tell you that almost never does the estate pay. In fact, well, in other words, but people have legitimate claims against the estate. So Rav Yochanan will tell you, yeah, in other words, you're going to have to wait. It's unfortunate, but in other words, this, this is the circumstances of life. In other words, obviously, the original claim wasn't against the estate, obviously. The original claim was against the father. Father died, and now he left the estate with, the, with, these, with these minor children. So now all these people who have claims, so Rav Yochanan will say, you're, you're simply going to have to wait. With, no, with two notable exceptions. And that's going to be interest-bearing loans and and, uh, and suvasisha. Okay. And why are these exceptions? And it's really simple. It's, <coughs> and it's really clear. Because here, waiting is going to cost money. In other words, let's, uh, let's take, for example, the first example of an interest-bearing loan. Okay, so in other words, what happened? Dad borrowed money from a non-Jew. And with interest. And so what's going to happen is that if you don't pay it up, the interest is going to keep accruing. Time after time. And so therefore, what you want to do is that here you're the apotropist of the estate and now the person making the claim is also going to be claiming interest as well. And all the interest is going to do is keep growing and accruing. So what you want to do, you want, you, you want that off the books. So there you're going, to, you're going to take the checkbook and you're going to write a check. That's, that's number one. Number two, the second example, of course, is going to be Xuvasisha. Because what do we know regarding Xuvasisha? So, right, just... Again, I'm just speaking it from a financial standpoint, meaning that's also all that's going to do is eat into the estate. And here I mean that literally, because what the, uh, what, what the, what the widow now is going to be able to do is able to continuously eat Mizonos until she gets her Ksuva payment. So over here, once again, she's literally eating the estate until, until, until the Ksuva payment is paid out. So... Now, 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 mind you, by the way, it gets, it gets a little bit more complicated because as long as she still is living in the household, so she's entitled to the Mizonos and she doesn't have to, she, she doesn't have to get the settlement. But, okay, so it's not as simple as I'm, as I'm presenting it. But the point is, is that once she's ready for Xuva, so now if you delay in paying her the Xuva, so the Mizonos, she, she, she's still going to be entitled to the Mizonos. So for these kinds of obligations where if you wait, time here is going to be money and there will be a loss of principal on the part of the estate. So in these two examples, so what you can do is now is that the apotropist does have the right and the allowance and probably the requirement to go ahead and to pay off these kinds of obligations. Outside of that, don't pay anything else off. This is Rav Yochanan's instructions to the apotropist. And so therefore the Gemara says, I am confused. Because what do we say? And that is, is that what if the estate is now in the position where they owe money because they damaged? In other words, their property damaged. They had a shore, the shore damaged. So what did Rav Yochanan say? Well, let's set up an apotropus and the apotropus now is going to pay. And where's the apotropus paying from? From the estate. Well, wait one second. Rav Yochanan says, don't touch any of the assets of the estate. Uh, again, unless it's ribbis or unless it's tufasisha. But don't do it. So, so, so this is what's called a stira within the Shita Rav Yochanan. So at first the Gemara tries to say, well, I know it's a stira, but I'll tell you how we're resolved. Epoch. 
Rav Yochan Amar Me'aliyas Apetropsim, Rav Yosem Rav Chenin Amar Me'aliyas Yisomim. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll just simply flip Rav Yochanan and put him on the other side. Who is going to be the responsible party? The Apetropos. The Apetropos will be paying out of his own pocket. Okay. And again, I, I, it begs the question, which I already asked, which is, well, who would want to sign up for that? We're going to come back to that. But right now, at least we're trying to just clarify Rav Yochanan. So I'm Rav Mishum Dekashi Rav Yochanan Rav Yochanan Umashvis Leila Rav Yosef Rav Chanina Toa Rav Rav Yosef Rav Chanina Dayanahu Venachis Umke Dedina. So the Gemara says, okay, look, look, we had a steer within Rav Yochanan. So what do we do casually? Obviously, nothing's casual in terms of uh, of our Chachamim, but seemingly what we just did is, oh, we have a steer within Rav Yochanan. Let's flip everything around. Well, wait one second. What about the collateral damage or the collateral implication? Meaning by taking Rabbi Yochanan and flipping his position, it also means that we have to take Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Chanin and flip his position. Well, the Gemara says, well, in other words, we, we may get, we, we may get Yish of Hadavar in Rabbi Yochanan, but that leaves Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Chanina on the other side of that issue. So, so the Gemara says, okay, don't do it. And Umazik Shani, and, and, and the, and the resolution can be really simple. Meaning, what would, what did Rabbi Yochanan say? That we're going to set up an apotropos, and the apotropos is going to now have to pay. And who is he going to have to pay from from the estate? The Gemara was bothered by the question, but wait one second. Rav Yochanan's instructions to the apotropos very clear. As an apotropos, your mission statement is don't pay any outstanding obligations. Period. Again, notable exceptions for ribis and Suvasisha, but don't pay. And so we were bothered. How can Rav Yochanan say that for Hezek we're going to go ahead and pay from the estate? But the answer is really simple, says the Gemara. The answer is, is that, look, we already have two exceptions. Let's just now add a third exception, which is being a mazik. And over here, it's really simple to explain in that Rav Yochanan will tell the Apotropos, right? People are coming at you. People have claims. Once again, wait till the kids grow up. Let them deal with it as an adult. You don't, you don't touch the estate. You don't pay anything from the estate. Again, with Ribis and Suvasisha being notable exceptions, and a third exception as well, being a mazik. And over here, why is that an exception? It's very simple. Because the Chachamim felt that, in other words, once the estate damages, so the estate should become responsible for the damages that they did. Okay? I, I'd almost be tempted to say it's a kanas, but it's, 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 it's simply the right thing to do. In other words, you, you, the estate went, went and damaged, the estate should have to pay. Uh, so, and now as we turn to the Ahmed Bays, so now Rav Yochanan says, now who's going to have to pay? The, the estate's going to have to pay. For the reason which we have already alluded to twice, and that is, is because if you're going to be asking the Apotropos to pay, so no one's signing up for that. Who's going to want to become an Apotropos? Thank you, but no thank you. Right, uh, right, uh, these orphans, right, Povre, uh, uh, in other words, uh, poor, poor, orf- poor orphans, someone needs to help them? Oh, okay, fine. But you know, you're going to be held liable for any damage that the, that the estate does? Uh, right, thank you, but no thank you. Who would want to do that? That's why, from Rav Yochan's standpoint, so when you become the apotropist, so it's true, you're going to be responsible. On the other hand, payment is coming from the estate. Good. Now, top of Lamitesimid Beis. Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Chenin, Amam, Elias, Hapitropos, V'chosem, V'nefram, Yisamim, now, what Rav Yosi Rabbi Chanina will tell you is the following. Right now, if the estate's property does any damage, 
So the apotropos is going to be the responsible party and the one who's going to be laying out the money. Now, up until now, we said paying the money. So now we're going to gain a better understanding of this position of Rav Yosef, Rabbi Chanina. They're just going to lay out the money. And then what's going to happen is, is that as when the kids become adults, so now he's going to submit the receipt and then he will hopefully not have to demand, but if necessary, demand a reimbursement from the kids for the money that he laid out. Okay. Um, I'd say I'd kind of, we're, we're not done yet, but effectively now, since the Mishnah, we, we really just made one singular point. Okay? It's, it's a subtle point, but we made one singular point. Okay, so what do we have right now? We have the shore of Cherishot Vekata that, that does damage. And what we've been uh, discussing today is one simple question is, is there a liability and where's, that, and, and where's that money coming from? So over the course of today's daf, here's what we learned. Is that number one, there is going to be a pitur. In other words, the owners themselves are not eno das. They simply do not have the requisite understanding. And so therefore the owners are not going to be held responsible because they don't have das. On the other hand, the chachamim are going to set up an apotropos on their behalf. In abstentia of there being an owner, there will be an apotropos. What's the, what's the purpose of the apotropos? So now in the event that the animal will be warned once, twice, three times, the animal now will graduate from becoming a tom to being a muad. Once the animal is a muad, so now full payment will be extracted for any damage. Where is that payment coming from? According to Rabbi Yochanan, it's coming from the estate. And according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, it's coming from the apotropos. But apotropos will hold on to receipts and then later when the kids grow up, so then the uh, the apotropos will collect from the estate. Okay. Adkan, that takes us to the first half of today's daf, but we are not done, obviously. Okay, now, if you're following carefully, so the way I just presented it is that as the animal's a tam and owned by, and, and owned by people that do not have das, so there is no collection. That's what, that's what we've been saying. That has been the pshat in our Mishnah. That is Rava's presentation. The Gemara now points out, not everyone's on board with this idea. There is not consensus on this issue. Some are of the opinion that even by Tom, there's going to be a collection. So, so, uh, we have a machlokis here in the b'raisa between Sumchus and, and the Chachamim. And according to Sumchus, so the animals are tam. According to the Chachamim, we're going to appoint an apotropos. At this point in time, it's a little bit hazy. Like, what exactly they're saying? What are they arguing over? What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it hazy for just a moment. When we get to the Gemara, in just a, in just a moment from now, it'll become clear. Now, and so what happens where the owner comes back, either physically or mentally? With the owner coming back, so does the animal get a reset? So this is a machlokis. According to Simchus, the animal gets a reset. And according to the Chachamim, the animal does not get reset. The animal has proven to be a muad, 
the animal continues to be a muad. Okay, now, Amru Mai Harehu Betamusta Dekamus Okay, we go back to the first half of the Brisa. I read it, but I didn't really explain it, knowing that that's what the Gemara is going to do right now. In fact, the Gemara is doing it right now. So when uh, when Simchas in the first part of the Brisa says that it is Harehu Betamusa, what did that mean? So Elam Adolami Aiklal Hamidikani Seifa. So Here's what Simchus couldn't mean. He couldn't have meant that, you know what? The owner is somebody who does not have das. Leave it alone. In other words, the, the, the animal can never graduate to becoming a muad. You know that's not right, even within the sheet of Simchus. Why? Because Simchus says that when the owner comes back, physically or mentally, the animal is going to experience a reset. In other words, it's going to be going back from being a muad to be, becoming a tom. Well, obviously... What happened was it became a muad. W- w- how? So Ella, my hare betamuso, hare hu betamimuso, dolo mechasrin alay. Amai maidim apachapasotam lagavas migufo. So what, here's what Simchus meant. What Simchus meant is, is, is the following, and that is that when the animal is a tam and does damage as a tam, there simply is no collection. But no collection doesn't mean that the animal will not graduate to becoming a muad. In other words, it just simply means that as a tom, you're not collecting from the animal. Collection of the animal from a tom is coming from the animal itself. Right? Tom is mishalami gufa. But according to Simchus, that's only when there's an owner. When there's no owner, you're not collecting migufo. However, what you'll do is you set up an apotropa so the animal now can graduate from being a tom to being a muad. That is according to Simchus. So now, according to the Chachamim, who are arguing with Simchus, so what's, the, what's the point of the Machlokas? What is Nekuda Samachlokas? It's actually very simple. According to the Chachamim, so not only are you setting up an Apotropos to have the animal graduate from being a Tom to being a Muad, but according to the Chachamim, the animal while being a Tom, so there will be collection of any damages, megufo, from the animal itself. So that means to say that according to the Chachamim, the Tom is going to be paying, albeit it'll be paying megufo, but that's the Shita of the Chachamim. So what do we have over here? Even though when we explained our Mishnah, we said that our Mishnah says, that the uh, that a tam owned by a cherish is not going to pay, what we just learned together on the Amud Beis, that's the Machlokis Tanayim. Not everyone's in agreement. In other words, it's the Machlokis between Simchus and the Chachamim, Lefishi to Simchus, right? Like, like we presented our Mishnah. Meanwhile, according to the Chachamim of the Braisa, that's not true. The Chachamim of the Braisa will tell you that the animal is owned by a cherish, Shotavikatan, or the, animal went, the owner of the animal went away, and now the animal is unowned, either because its owner is, does not have mental ca- capability. Alternatively, the owner just simply decided, I'm, I'm, I'm going away, <laughs> leaving nobody responsible in charge. So now, on the Amud base of today's daf, we learned it's a machlokas. The animal is going to be paying for any damages as a tom. That's a machlokas between Simchas and the Chachamen. According to Simchas, yes. Sorry, let me do it correctly. According to Simchas, no. And according to the Chachamen, yes. But both agree that what the uh, what the apotropos will also be serving as is that the apotropos now will now be an address, so that when now that the animal could be properly warned, so that the animal is a repeat offender, the animal will graduate to becoming a muad. 
Everyone agrees to that, and everyone also agrees as a muad, the animal is going to be the the the, uh, the owner of the animal. Okay, is going to have to pay now nezek shalem. Now, who's going to be paying that nezek shalem? So that we that uh, from the bottom of the amud aleph to the top of the amud base, that was the machlokus between Rav Yochanan and Rav Yosi, Rabbi Chanina. According to Rav Yochanan, the estate's going to be paying that, and according to Rav Yosi, Rabbi Chanina, the upper trumpet is going to be paying that. Okay, that's a lot. This seifa but my kemifligi. We continue now. We now went over the brisa. The first part of the brisa it was hazy. It's no longer hazy. We have clarity on the first part of the brisa. Now, what are we what are we doing in that second part of the brisa? Another machlokus, and that is rishus mishana ika benayu simchas savar rishus mishana and rav yosi savar rishus ena mishana. Changing of ownership does it allow for a reset of an animal? That's a machlokus. Okay. So in other words, so I'm buying an animal that that's a shoramuad. But in other words, under new ownership, okay, right, uh, the, uh, as a simple example, right, every time a restaurant changes hands, so what, what, the, what the owner tries to tell you is, look, I know the, I know the restaurant's been, been horrible up until now, but I'm a new owner, new ownership, right? It's going to be unbelievable, okay? Similarly, right, the, the idea over here, if you subscribe to the idea of Rosh Mashana, is that, look, right, the, the previous owner, I don't know, I can't, whatever, Maybe the way he treated the animal. Who knows? Who cares? New owner, right? I, I get a reset. The animal now becomes the Tom once again. That is the sheet of Simchus. And 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 uh, the um, and meanwhile, Rabbi Yossi will tell you no. In other words, if the animal is was a Shoram Amuad under previous owner, uh, uh, the animal will continue. Be Mamshech, being a, a, a Shoram Amuad. Why would somebody want to buy more animals? Right. Uh, maybe, maybe I was I was thinking the same. Maybe the the price is going to get discounted. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so far, so good. So we have now discussed the uh, the uh, the, uh, the animal of the cherishot of in terms of its current liability as a town. Machlokus between the tanaim whether or not there is going to be a current liability. In terms of the appointment of an apotropos, so that now you can properly warn, because the Torah says vehuad biva alav, that when you warn the uh, when, when you warn, you're not warning the animal, you're warning the owner of the animal. Can the apotropos be serving as a replacement of its owner, so that now vehuad biva alav? The answer is absolutely yes. And then when the animal does in fact become now a muad, so now there will be nezek shalim payment. Everyone agrees to that. The only point of disagreement that we saw in today's daf is who's going to be putting up that money. Either according to Rav Yochan, it's coming from the estate directly, or according to Rav Yochan, Rav Chenina, it's coming from the Apotropos, who will hold his receipts, and then later in life will collect from the estate. Tanu Rabbanan. Okay, so the Bryce tells us the following, that if I have a Shor that does Negicha, it damages via Karen, so it's going to be paying Chatzinezek. Now, the way the Brisa originally presented it, Rav Yaakov is paying Chatzinezek. <laughs> Which, I know this is kind of funny, but that means that Rav Yaakov, Rav Yaakov will come to your, to your house and he'll go into, he'll reach into his pocket and he'll pay Chatzinezek. Now, that's not what the Brisa meant. And in fact, the Gemara right away looks to clarify that point. Rav Yaakov, my What? <laughs> what did Rav Yaakov do? So the Gemara says, El Ema, Rav Yaakov, Omer, Misham Chatzinezek. So Rav Yaakov is saying that no, he's not. He's not paying chazinezek. In other words, that's the shita that the owner is going to be paying chazinezek. Okay. 
And and over here in the notes of, of the Masifta, he quotes a Yaiv. It's why why the why the Brisa presented it a little bit funny to begin with. In other words, the, the Brisa was in fact making a very subtle point, right? Rav Yaakov Emden says says it over anyway. But we're going to go on. So but but Bamayaskinan. So the Gemara says, okay. Now I need a little more clarification. Okay, so I know it's the shore of a Kherishot of I know it didn't gicha. You're paying Khatinezek. Like a little bit more information, please. So the Gemara says, what are we talking about? So So if we're talking about a Tom, okay, Mazatov. So Rabbi Yaakov now tells us that Khatinezek pays uh, the I'm sorry, that a Tom pays Khatinezek. Right? We are now in Daflamitas in Babakama. Right? Don't don't we all know that? And and the the um Now if it's a Shura Muad and you and, and you locked it up properly and and for reasons that were well beyond your control, it got out, that's Onis. And you don't have to pay. And if you didn't properly watch it, then you're gonna have to pay Nezik Shalem. So in other words, please a little bit more information. Okay, so here, every, everyone settle in. This part over here is going to get a little bit complicated. Okay, so, Rav will tell you the following that we're talking about, where it's a muad, and, and, and uh, as far as what Rav Yaakov was describing when he says that you have to pay chatzinezek, here are the surrounding circumstances. What you did is that you did a shmir, but you did a shmir pechusa v'lo shmir ma'ula. Now, keep in mind that this animal is a repeat offender, a repeat damager. You're really going to have to pay Nezek Shalem, which means that in terms of your Shmira, what did you need to do? You need to do Shmira Ma'ula. You, need, you needed to put in new locks into the gates, knowing that this animal does damage. Okay. And you neglected to do Shmira Ma'ula. What you did is the old fence. You know, the Shmira Pechusa. Later in the Masechta, we're going to go over in more detail what that means, Shmira Ma'ula, Shmira Pechusa. Okay, but... You did, you did the, the, standard, the standard fence, which once upon a time would have been fine, but not now. Now. And Rav Yaakov, So on one hand, Rav Yaakov holds like Rav Yehuda, and that's the following. We touched on this question before, but really when we get to Mem Hey, a week from now, we're going to be talking about this in more detail. An animal be, uh, graduates from becoming a Tom to being a Muad. So how do we view that conceptually? It's such, an, it's such a great conceptual question. One way to see it is that the animal now, totally new entity. The animal up until now was a nice domicile animal. Ah, oh, if it damages, that was crazy. I didn't see that coming. Chatzinezek. When the animal now becomes a muad, you're looking at a brand new animal that is, that is just a, it's, it's, it's a monster. It, it destroys. Okay, so in other words, and it's totally, a totally new entity. Alternatively, here's what you could say. No. When the animal graduates from being a tam to being a muad, so in other words, you know what the Torah is now mechai of you? The second half. Meaning the first half, the Torah already was mechai of you, and now the Torah is also mechai of you, part two, right? The second half. So now, if that's the way you, you see it, so the Gemara's expression is sad tamus bimkoma omedes. In other words, it's a tam plus now second half plus being a muad. Now, why is that important? It's important because so the, and, and we're going to have to add one more point. 
Now, as far as the Emur is concerned, so, uh, it's sufficient that what you did is Shmir Pechusa and, and the, and several Karabana da Amri me Amidam Apetropos Latam Legafas Migufa. Okay, so, the animal over here was a, a Tom now becomes a Muad. And conceptually, the way we view it is that when it becomes a Muad, it just simply means that we're adding on a second half. In other words, it was a Tom, now we're adding on a second half. Okay. And we're also going to be subscribing to the viewpoint of, I, I know there's a lot of moving parts over here. And we're also going to be su- subscribing to the viewpoint of Rav Yehuda that when you have a muad and you do just your, your basic shmira, that's going to be sufficient. And so now we're going to say it like this. And I'm, I'm sorry, and add one more point, And that is, we're going to, we're going to follow the sheet of the Chachamim that an apotropist is going to be collected from Tom. Okay. So you take all that together. So now the animal was a muad held by Cherishot of Katan. Oh, I'm sorry, owned by Cherishot of Katan, entrusted with a custodian, an apotropist, who is now a responsible party. And the apotropist now went ahead and put a fence around the animal. Okay, now, all this to explain Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov says, now, when the animal goes over the fence and damages, you are going to be liable for Chatzinezek. How so? It's because... Putting a fence around it is sufficient in terms of guarding the animal. Again, this is subject to a machlokus, but right now we're taking the position that that's sufficient. So now, have you assured, have you done enough to protect it from being a muad? So the answer is yes. Ah, but in other words, but it's also a tam. Again, muad just simply means the second half, but it was and remains a tam. That's the first half. Tam bimkomo omedis. Good. So now the apotropist is going to be held responsible and liable for the Tom. Because regardless of the fact that you put a fence around it, that does not change the fact that a Tom is collecting Migufo. And who's going to be the responsible party for the Tom? The apotropist is going to be the responsible party for the Tom. Meaning that, again, I know we saw it as a machlokis earlier this morning, but we are taking the position right now that a, even though it's, it's a chershot to the katan, the apotropist is going to be the responsible party for a tom, meaning that there's going to be a tom payment, which is why now for Rabbi Yaakov, when the animal graduates to being a muad and you put a fence around it, so vis-a-vis the second half, you're not going to be liable because you, 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 you guarded it. I was basing guard, it was basic guarding. It was shmir pechusa. That's sufficient. But that sufficiency is only for the muad, not for the tom. And, and, and as for the tom damages, you're still going to be on the hook. That's why Rabbi Yaakov says, under these circumstances, you're going to be paying chatzin ezek. Okay. Amrle Abaye, let's do a little bit more for today. Amrle Abaye, v'lo pligi v'atan, yashor shocher shot v'katan, shenagar v'rav Yehuda mechav v'rav Yaakov amr chatzin ezek u'demeshalem. So over here, uh, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov are arguing. The problem, of course, is, is that in explaining Rabbi Yaakov, we used all the sheet as Rabbi Yehuda to explain Rabbi Yaakov. So amr rabba barbar ula, ma'ashem mechav v'rav Yehuda, pirish Rabbi Yaakov. So the Gemara says, okay, so uh, the, the Brisa is not, not that difficult. Uh, it, it is a little bit difficult. But, but here's what we could say. That when Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda starts off with the Brisa by saying, you're Chayev. And Rav Yaakov now is explaining Rav Yehuda, yes, you're Chayev, but you know what your Chayev means. Chayev means you're Chayev Chatzinezek. Now, how come you're Chayev Chatzinezek? Okay, so that's going to require a lot of explaining. In fact, 
We're going to say that the animal was owned by Cherishot of Katan. I'm going to do this quickly. The animal was owned by Cherishot of Katan, and 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 and, and, it, and we appointed an apotropos and a gore three times. So now graduated to being a muad. And now what the apotropos did is he put a fence around it. And and Rabbi Yaakov subscribes to Rabbi Huda that the fence is going to be good vis a vis. Protecting yourself, indemnifying yourself from the muad, but it doesn't protect you from the tam, and you're still you're still going to be chayv on the tam. So when it goes and does damage, so you're chayv on the tam. Is the apotropos in fact going to be chayv on the tam? So on that, Rav Yaakov says yes. The the, and 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 we also subscribe to the idea that when the animal graduated to being a, a, a muad, it didn't lose, it didn't shed its tam status. It's a tam plus being a muad. Ah, uh, but you protected it from its muad status, but you still are going to be high for the tom. I admit, all oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Okay. Um, okay. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do one more line. Ula by damar pligi by my pligi. There's no real good ending to today's stuff. Okay. So ula by damar pligi by my pligi. So amalecha hacha by my skin, but muav alone nashe klal. So the now Abai believes that. That that uh, that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Huda are in fact arguing. What are they arguing about? Where no shmir was done. So Rabbi Yaakov sever like Rabbi Huda bechado polegalab bechada sever Rabbi Huda bechada deal Rabbi Huda severed satamus bimkamalmedes. So on one hand, Rabbi Yaakov agrees with Rabbi Huda that when an animal is a muad, it means that muad is only the second half. The first half, the animal remains a tam. So now, the uh, as far as Rabbi Yehuda is concerned, so the uh, so Rabbi Yehuda is of the position that the uh, the apotropos will be responsible for the tam. He'll be responsible for the tam, and he'll be responsible for the muad. And Rabbi Yaakov will tell you that no. That the apotropos will not be responsible for the time, he'll only be responsible for the muad, i.e., second half. All that was the presentation of the machlokis between Rabbi Yehuda and, 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 and Rabbi Yaakov, according to Abaye. But again, previously, uh, the uh, Rabbi Barula said, no, not necessary. Meaning, we don't have to suggest that there's a machlokis. Okay. Now, now, now we'll put a pause in. Now, now, now we'll, we'll, we'll stop here. Okay. So, quick, quick recap and review of today. Animal v'cherishot v'katan. Doing damage. So is there a liable owner? No. In other words, the owner is a cherishot v'katan. Okay, and, and, and now what? Okay, so now what is that we, we learned together is that Basin is going to appoint an apotropos. Now, is the apotropos going to be responsible for the tam damages? Machlokis tanayim. That's a machlokis tanayim. Once the animal, however, graduates to becoming a moor, according to everybody, now that there's an apotropos, now there's an address. So now you're warning, and now the apotropos is going to be serving as the address of, now I have somebody to serve notice to, that the animal now is gore three times. The animal now will become a muad. And now, for sure, once the damages, there's going to be payment extracted. Where's the payment coming from? That too is a machlokis. That's a machlokis amorayim, between Rav Yochanan and Rav Yosef Rabbi Chanina. Rav Yochanan says that the payment's coming from the estate, and Rav Yosef Rabbi Chanina says that the apotropos is going to put up the payment. Now, what we also finished up on the Ahmed Beis of today's daf, all that was a review of the Ahmed Aleph, in a nutshell. On the Ahmed Beis, what we saw today is whether or not the animal of a Cherishot of a Katan that's still in its time state, is there going to be a payment? That's a Machlokis Tanayim. And finally, what we saw at the end of today's daf is the Sheet of Rav Yaakov, where Rav Yaakov says that when an animal of a Cherishot of a Katan does damage, you're paying Chatzin Nezek. And what exactly are the circumstances around that Sheet of Rav Yaakov? That's a mouthful.
even even in review, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'll, I'll just simply say that's a lot. 